Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you will be edified and Christ would be glorified. If you're new to the podcast and would like to know more about us, I would encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find a statement of faith, a prayer request page, and if you're a prayer warrior, I'd encourage you to go there and pray for these people who have asked for prayers, and they're from all around the world. We have a growing audience, and we praise and thank God for this. Also, there's a way there to support us. We, we always ask for your prayers, uh, but there's also a financial concerns at times, if you would be uh, prayerful about that as well. We have LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, MeWe, Twitter, and that information is also on our webpage. You can follow us there. We post each week on our social media accounts uh, when the podcast is released each week and give you a little bit of information about it. We also post uh, news events that are affecting Christians around the world, and we know that many of our listeners do listen in countries where it's less favorable to be Christian, and that becomes more and more uh, here in the USA as well, in the Northern Hemisphere, with uh, churches being forced to be closed or can't sing or can only be at 10% capacity, uh, can't talk about Jesus at work or at school. And so at one time you could do all those things without too much fear or worry, about losing your job or what your neighbor might say to you or whatever. But that's what we're going to talk about today, actually. We're going to talk about broadcasting the seed. And we're going to look at the parable that Jesus will use this idea of broadcasting the seed in Luke chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, I would say please, please pick it up and follow along. If you do not have a Bible and you have access to the Internet while you're listening to us, uh, again, you can go to our webpage and, and click on the Daily Bible Verse. That will take you to a webpage uh, where you can find any translation, uh, different languages, uh, so you can uh, follow along there as well. And uh, there's also a, a, a company that's getting ready to, to come up online, and they're going to help support this uh, podcast. And so if you have a pet and there's something there that you could use, that would be one way of helping us as well. Before we begin uh, getting too far into uh, our introduction here, I want to re read Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah chapter 6, uh, verses 8 through 10. And this will be from the New American Standard Update. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of these people insensitive. Their, their ears are dull and their eyes are dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand 
with their hearts and be returned and to be healed. Then I answered, How long? And he answered, Until the cities are devastated without and inhabited houses are without people and the land is utterly desolate. So, there was this old farmer sitting out on his front porch, kind of barefooted and, and raggeded, and his farmhouse is kind of run down, and, and a stranger happened to be passing by, and, and he stopped and asked for a drink of water, and, and to help kind of pass the time as he drank his glass of water, he, he asked, how's your, how's your wheat coming along? The man asked. Didn't plan any, replied the farmer. Great army worms would eat it all up before it was harvested. Well, continued the stranger, how is your Milo? Didn't plan any Milo, came the answer. Afraid there would be a drought this year, or due for one. Well, looking for something to talk about, the man went on, well, how's your garden? Do you have any tomatoes? The farmer sighed and replied, Grasshoppers ate it up last year, so I didn't plant a garden this year. We'll just have to buy our vegetables at the store, I guess. Really? What did you plant? pressed the stranger. Nothing, was a calm reply. I just played it safe. Why Why didn't the farmer plant his crops? He was afraid. He was afraid of failure. Maybe he was afraid of the unknown. And maybe he was even afraid of the work of planting would be too hard for him to do. So, he just didn't plant anything. Perhaps he was simply lazy. I, I don't know. There are many people who claim to be Christian who will not talk to anyone else about their faith and their belief in Christ. They're afraid. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of the unknown. And maybe they're afraid the work is too hard for them to do. Maybe they think we're paying somebody else to do that and I don't have to do that anymore. They, they are unsure and perhaps just afraid, and so they just don't do it. However, from what Jesus tells us here in Luke chapter 8, Christians really do not need to be unsure, do not need to be afraid. The task of casting the seed of the gospel message really is not that difficult. And I might repeat this, but I want to say right now, as a Christian, as a preacher, we are not called to be soil testers. If that person would really listen to the, to the, uh, the gospel message or not. That, that's really not an issue for us. Our job is simply to preach and teach and broadcast that seed, that seed being the gospel message. And so here we have Jesus here, again, in Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 5 through 15. 
The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered, because it had no moisture. Verse 7. Other seed fell along the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil, and it grew up, and it produced a crop a hundred times as great. And he said these things he would not call out. He who has an ear, let him hear. Verse 9. His disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. And he said to them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Verse 11. Now this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. But the devil came and takes it away and the word from their heart, so they will not believe and will not be saved. Verse 13. Those on the rocky soil are those who are... They hear and they receive the word with joy. And these have no firm roots. They believe for a while and... In time, temptation may fall away. Verse 14. The seed which falls among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked out with worries, riches, pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Now, think about it. Unlike the farmer in our illustration, the farmer in Jesus' parable was not the least bit troubled. When Jesus' farmer was concerned uh, where his seed landed, no, uh, not at all. He's just out there and he's throwing the seed in wherever and anywhere that he could. He didn't bother to plow up the ground. And I've read they really didn't use plows in these days. Maybe they did, but I, some of the research I've done trying to figure out some of this parable was, was that, that most commentaries believe that they did not plow. We, we kind of have the same thing in, in, our, in our world today. It's called no-till farming. The people in that day, they called it farming. And this farmer, what he would do, he would throw the seeds on the weeds and on the footpath beside his field on, in shallow ground and on the rich soil. And the seed landed everywhere. He kind of threw it up in the air and where it landed, it landed. Again, he's not particularly worried about where the seed lands because farmland was expensive and the seed was cheap. The farmers in Jesus' day, uh, the story, they kind of had to work through this, and, and they figured if you put enough seed 
on the ground, eventually you're going to get a crop. Kind of like, we might call it uh, our, our, our neighbor, they, they seeded their yard, and they used the word, we overseeded. And that's probably what they're doing here in Jesus' day. They're overseeding. Also, this farmer knew the power in farming lay in that little tiny seed, and not in him. He understood that the seed hit the ground, and God would take over from there. God would send the rain to help the seed germinate. God would allow the sun to shine on it. And in the end, God gave the growth and the seed into a mature crop that would be ready for harvest. A farmer in the days of Jesus did not have to be particularly skilled to throw the seed on dirt. A three-year-old could do this, really, if you stop and think about it. But somebody had to throw the seed out there so that it would take root and grow and produce a fruit. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10 says something like this when he says this. Romans 10, 13 and 15. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news and good things. So what is the Apostle Paul saying? He is saying somebody has to throw the seed of the gospel message out there in order for people to hear, believe, and repent, and, and therefore be saved. If we don't throw the seed out there, and we don't deliver that message to those who are around us, nobody's going to be saved. In our world today, I know this culture that, that I'm in here around me, uh, most people perfectly fine that you're a Christian. They just don't want to hear about it. And you're not allowed to talk about it at work or school or whatever. And we have, as a whole, the church in America has accepted this. We, we'll just talk within our four walls. Well, that's not what this uh, parable is saying. This parable is saying you've got to get out in the world and you've got to broadcast the message. Of course, that's what we're trying to do, obviously, with the podcast reach a lot of people uh, but we still do that uh, in our in our neighborhood in, in our work and so but now remember success in, in achieving a crop lays it, it lies in the seed that we cast on the soil for example in a, in a personal journey at, with Christ Christ is not in us what are we going to do? We're lost. And what about our abilities? You know, we need to trust that Christ is going to lead us. He's going to direct us. We need to allow him to be in the forefront of our lives. Everyone who claims to be a Christian in Christ should be able to comfortably explain to a friend, a co-worker, or another family member as why you were baptized. Why you go to church? Why do you believe what you believe? 
why do you go faithfully to church every Sunday or meet in your small groups? I know we have quite a few listeners since COVID-19. Uh, they're meeting in each other's homes because the local church building was forced to be closed. And so now they're meeting in their homes. Now that the buildings are open, uh, those folks are staying in, the, in those little small groups. But why are you going there faithfully? A man who had once been a skeptic told of how he became a Christian. He said the church that he had been to occasionally attended had began to stress the importance of evangelizing uh, people about Jesus. One particularly slow young man in the congregation took the idea to heart. And, and when this boy approached him, the boy asked him if he wanted to become a Christian. And absolutely not. He responded, no. The slow-witted boy looked at him for a moment and then responded, well, then you can go to hell. And turned away and left. Because of this unskilled, slow-witted boy, I was willing to throw out the seed. <laughs> this man's a Christian today. Something else that this parable says without a verbal wor a wording from Jesus, and I said this earlier, we are not to be soil testers. I know farmers today, and especially in this part of the country where we're at, and, and farm, farms all around us, they pay a lot of money to find out how much fertilizer each field might need and what kind or how much pesticides we'll need to kill off the insects and and so on you know weed killers and they pay big dollars for have a, a soil testing company come out and tell them exactly what they need and what they need to spray on their fields so that the crops will grow now that i've asked why you spend that kind of money for and they say, well, in the long run, it saves them money, and they get a much better crop. Jesus just simply tells us, we are to broadcast that seed. And we need to let the Word of God land wherever it lands. You and I, we cannot see into a heart of a person. We do not know what type of soil they might be. A man who, we, who I met way back in 1998, he was simply broadcasting the seed. He has no way of knowing if I will accept the message. Jesus does not say, Jesus did not teach, that we were to have a checklist to make sure that that person is savable or not. We went through this in a church where people stood at the door and they had a checklist that would ask people certain questions and if you didn't answer the way they thought that you should answer they would just say well you know what you ought to go fishing today because you're headed to hell anyway folks that is wrong I mean boy I did everything in the world to stop that because I mean here is Jesus in Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20 Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. We are all commanded to make disciples in all nations. It does not matter where they are from, where they might live, what jobs they have, what job they don't have, their status in our society. Our job is to broadcast the seed. And we need to let the Holy Spirit do His job. He's very good at it. He's been doing it a lot longer than most of us have been around. So we need to allow Him to do that. We are not to be fishers of men who look and smell like us. All nations simply implies people, again, of every race and every walk of life. Our Heavenly Father wants all of mankind to come to repentance and believe in Him and be in His kingdom. We... We have several avenues, I know, with this ministry over the years that we've done different things to try to broadcast uh, the message out in the communities where we were at. But the first one is this. Open your mouth and have Bibles and start having personal Bible studies. Ask your friends and co-workers. Maybe you have a distant relative who needs, a good, he needs to hear the good news. Invite them to your church group. Have them over for a meal or coffee. I mean, here, here is the thing. I, I, this has been my personal experience. Knocking on doors, cold knocking, really doesn't work. Because either people don't answer the door, or you just simply get a, a door slammed in your face. And it's so much better to have an invitation to go to somebody's house. That doesn't mean at the grocery store you can't talk to them, a stranger, about Jesus and invite them to, to church. Your co-workers, if you show them that you really care about them, you'll bring down a lot of walls. If you treat them terribly and talk down to them, uh, tell them how horrible they are or whatever, and then you want to tell them that they need to get saved, well, the only thing they want to be saved from is your wrath. Jail ministries are good too, but, uh, and there's so many different ways uh, to get out the good news. The deaf people, uh, we work with the deaf uh, quite a bit over the years. Learning sign language, um, those people, they hear with their hands. They need to know who Jesus is too. And the only way anybody is going to know about Jesus is we're going to have to tell them. There's many, many ways to get into the community. Listen here to this uh, first day of Pentecost. Here is Peter uh, and all Peter's really doing here in Acts chapter 2 is broadcasting the seed. At this time, Jerusalem would be full of people. I mean, it's going to be elbow to elbow. People from all over the, the area, every nation's going to be there because of uh, the festivals and things that are going on with Passover and whatnot. The church grew because of a simple message of the gospel. 
And those who heard this message would reproduce that message in their homes far, far away from Jerusalem. The Lord's church would be established throughout the region. The fact of the matter is no one really knows who planted the church in Rome. Someone did. I know when I get asked that, I always just say, well, the Holy Spirit planted it. But the odds are extremely high that somebody who was in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost heard this message, and they took that message back to Rome with them. They were baptized, and they went home because they lived in Rome. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 says, So then, those who heard had received his word and were baptized on that day there were added 3,000 souls to the church. Now, all 3,000 people did not live in Rome. I don't know how many actually were from Rome. Obviously, there was just one, if my speculation would be correct. Acts 2.47, Praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Again, here is the point. It took me a long time as a young preacher to understand. It was not me who saved. It was God. And my job became a lot easier once I understood this, that I just told him who Jesus was. I explained who he was, uh, the Creator, he's the Savior, and so on. And that the Word of God, the Bible, is really inspired. And that's a big issue in our culture today. So many more young people, they really don't know who God really is. And I am finding more and more people uh, under the age of 30, 35, really have never read the Bible. It's just something that they've done in passing. They've gone to a wedding or a funeral. And that's all they really need for church activity. And they're missing so much. They're missing a lot. I've just given you some basic examples of evangelism, trying to get out in the community, but it is all of our responsibility to to broadcast that seed in hopes that somebody will hear it, that God will water it, and God will give the growth. And we need not to be afraid to tell people who we are, and why we believe what we believe. Because if you cannot explain why you believe what you believe, you're on a difficult path. You need to know the Word of God. And perhaps starting with a Bible study with your with your spouse or your children and, and getting, getting comfortable being able to go through your Bible and show uh, people the different verses that you need to show them if they have a question. Make some notes. I used to write write lots of notes on paper and stick them in different places in my Bible. Kind of make a chain reference type thing. Uh, They do have chain reference Bibles, if that's what you're interested in, but you can make your own chain reference. I I just, again, I want to encourage you to to start telling others who Jesus is. He will return one day. Uh, We will meet him, whether it's in our lifetime or after we pass away, whatever. But we will all meet Jesus. And I certainly hope and pray that we will meet him uh, on the terms that are favorable.
I want to thank you for listening. I, I certainly hope that I've encouraged you to, to want to, uh, to have your own personal evangelism, uh, Bible studies, whatever that you need to do uh, just to get started. Again, if you like this program, please hit that like button and, and, and follow us. Uh, tell your friends and your family about us. If you're encouraged, perhaps they would be as well. I know our audience continues to grow uh, each and every week. and God's given the growth because we don't pay for any advertising. It's all been by word of mouth. Uh, and so uh, nobody here makes a salary. We all volunteer our time to put this together. We do have a few uh, small financial uh, people who do help pay for the server and web page. And we're so thankful for that, that we're able to do that and so and have that. It's a real blessing from God. If you have any Bible questions, uh, really uh, we try to have a question-answer sessions when we get enough questions in. Uh, sometimes we get a question and we, that's all we talk about. In a particular podcast but usually I try to put two or three questions together that we get in from listeners and just make a special podcast for that and you can go to our web page to the podcast index and you could see the list of those questions that have come in that we've already answered and so if you are interested in that I would encourage you to do that as well again I thank you for listening and may God bless you and may he have the glory